I'm recording again. <laughs> I'm out in the woods today on, let's see now, it is Saturday the 21st of December. It's fast approaching Christmas and James and I have delivered the Ben's Epic Christmas boxes over the last couple of days and it's been a very emotional, uplifting and heart-filling, heart-breaking 48 hours. We delivered Portsmouth and Southampton's boxes and some stockings to Portsmouth for their day unit, the photos of which you'll be able to see on Ben's Epic Journey blog. Uh, And that was on Thursday, and just at the point where we had dropped off these lovely boxes to smiles from the hospital charity, James and I stopped off and grabbed a coffee and as we stepped outside and looked up to the skies and at that point we saw the brightest rainbow I don't think I've seen anything that bright and without a doubt for James and I we took that as a very strong sign that Ben is very happy at what we've managed to achieve and that gave us great comfort as we got in the car to go to PB. We didn't go into the wards and this is because of you know threat of infection which is perfectly standard and especially over this time of year um, children going through any form of treatment are having to look after themselves and the nurses are doing an amazing job making sure that no infection comes into the ward so that is absolutely crucial at this time of year especially but also when you have low immunity so I'm standing up on the the common near where we live just taking in the sight around I'm surrounded by trees and barking dogs as you can hear Gus and Honey chasing each other around and annoying in fact Gus is annoying Honey no end today he seems to have got a bee in his bonnet about how fun it would be to chase her around like a loon so just ignore that in the background please (laughs) it'll go on for a while and so I'm walking through the woods surrounded by trees you know what it's like when it comes to to December time you can get a range of sort of weather as uh, global warming takes effect and although it's quite cool today it's very breezy it's not anywhere near snowing time but the clouds are sort of quite overcast it has been raining today but there is blue sky I can see Mr Blue Sky He's trying very hard to make the sunshine uh, beyond the clouds, so I'm wandering around at the top of the woods and heading down towards the dens that I talk about quite often where the children would play. So we went over to Southampton. Southampton has mixed feelings for both James and I. We have had amazing treatment uh, for Benny from all the hospitals and all the staff, all the consultants, all the doctors. These amazing people do this job every day with love and compassion and for the best outcome all the time. 
the feelings we have for Southampton are mixed with love, respect and sadness uh, because we went to Southampton initially for treatment, for chemotherapy for Ben when he was first diagnosed in June 2018. We left Portsmouth with a bit of stunned acceptance of what was actually happening and by the time we got to PB we were welcomed with open arms and Ben started chemotherapy almost immediately. We had two rounds and that journey led us to a DKMS appeal for a stem cell donor and on to Bristol with a great deal of hope that we were on a path of recovery and this was a curative treatment. So the fact that Ben relapsed officially in July, I suspect it was already happening from springtime with his ear infections and other little infections that were happening from March, April onwards. And the fact that he relapsed, the fact that in July just after Rose's 10th birthday we were heading back to a place we thought we'd kind of left behind <laughs> a little bit <laughs> and in the nicest possible way hoped we had left behind it's with mixed emotions that we returned there on Thursday uh, simply because Ben was treated there with a round of chemo with the great hope that we could keep him stable until this trial at Gosh, at Great Ormond Street in London, that for us was going to mean, yes, a lot of hard treatment again. And to be honest, when you think about what his body was actually doing and what state it was in at the time of relapse, it was always going to be a journey that was very, very difficult and it was always going to be a great deal of risk and the outcome wasn't going to be necessarily the one we would hope anyway but we were willing to take that risk for our son because we love him we love him to the ends of the earth and beyond so meeting the hospital charity on Thursday was a little bit of a moment to draw your breath in uh, take a deep breath and know that we were coming with such love for these hospitals for these children knowing what they're facing at the moment knowing what these families are going through and understanding it to the core and knowing that particularly in Southampton was the final hospital that he stayed in knowing that on the Friday, the 9th of August, in the evening when we were packing up the car and he just looked at me and James and said, I just want to get home. Knowing that now as we look back, that was his determination to just be in his own bed. And I think at that point, just the relief for him of being home in familiar surroundings and being surrounded by complete love allowed wretched disease to take over but also it allowed Ben to know that even though something absolutely horrendous was happening 
he was surrounded by his mum, dad and his aunt and his sisters in that crucial time and that crucial experience. So he handed over these boxes and as I say the photos will be up on Ben's Epic Journey blog. We then set off for Bristol on Friday, yesterday, um, nice and early in the morning. Well, not that early actually, we were <laughs> slightly delayed, but that seems to be our family. Um, <laughs> so we set off, just James and I and Leopard in the car. It's probably the first time that James has spent such a long time together on our own <laughs> in the car. We had a lot to catch up on, a lot to chat about, and there were moments of reflection and just driving and staring out the window. We ended up listening to Radio 4 a lot, and on the return journey we listened to Dinner Ladies, Victoria Wood, excellent scripts, just because we didn't, I think, sometimes listening to music, especially when you're in an emotional state, it's just... It's just difficult, it's hard, and I don't think that Ben would want us to be sobbing the entire way there or back. He would find it very dull and very boring. <laughs> and we arrived in Bristol early in the afternoon, and by sheer fluke we managed to park outside <laughs> the hospital in one of the 15-minute car parking spaces. And if any of you listening to this know Bristol, you'll know the hills and you'll know the parking situation and the parking situation at any time is difficult but the parking situation around a hospital close to Christmas, lucky if you get a space at all. So we were very blessed at that moment and we headed upstairs to Starlight, to the top floor. We stood in the lift together and I listened to Peter Salis <laughs> with his Wallace tones and just looked at James and we both stood there going up to just say we've arrived and the overwhelming sense of loss, of love, of crikey we've been here and we know everything that everybody's going through and I just looked up at James and I said, I don't want to cry. And I just said it quietly. I don't want to cry. And um, and I managed to hold back the tears for about three minutes. And I stepped in there and saw the ward sister. And we just had a hug. And went off to get these boxes from the car, popped them all in a crate. We returned to the ward within... 10 minutes or so and had a bit of a catch-up which was lovely and then just as we were leaving one of Ben's nurses who we absolutely loved <laughs> and love just managed to fly around the corner to the lifts we stepped back out again and had a had a hug and a catch-up with her as well and it's hard you know but I know that we have only been able to do this with the love and support of all the people who have backed this project. And we are so, so unbelievably grateful. Honestly, it's, 
meant so much to be able to go in there knowing exactly what those children are going through, knowing what those parents are going through and to be able to say, hey, this isn't going to make the whole thing better, it's not going to make it go away, but it might give you a little bit of distraction time and something to smile at while you're going through treatment, while you're you know, looking after your children. And we hope next year that this can become a regular thing. And yes, I will be putting a plan together. We're not a charity yet, but it's my absolute great hope that Ben's Epic Christmas Boxes will expand a little to be able to afford some parent boxes and sibling boxes and maybe even some ward boxes, some nurses boxes, some staff boxes, just to show a little love and kindness at a time, particularly when, let's face it, it's about family. It's just about being together and knowing that you're loved and to be able to let these people in need know that they are loved and they are thought about and they are remembered over Christmas and beyond is something that is truly, truly important and something we hold very dear to our hearts. I'm walking through the woods feeling a lot of gratitude in spite of the great sadness I feel that I don't have my son with me. This is our first Christmas without Ben and we haven't even put the tree up yet because we just haven't got there but I think that's going to happen this afternoon it's 19 weeks today since I had my last hug with him I wish so many things I wish time travel was possible even if the outcome was still the same just to be able to go back and just tell them all again together that I love them so they can hear it all together so I expect I will continue this podcast podcast number three over Christmas so that you can know how things have gone and maybe things will be the same or similar for you and you can know that we are all in it together however hard it is and I'll leave it there for now and I shall continue to be continued as Ben would say in his Star Wars Marvel film director mode love you Bez I'm actually sat in the car now I've just been into town and it's the Sunday the 22nd of December and tomorrow will be a whole year since we brought Benny home from Bristol and I have to say, note to self, don't do it. (laughs) Uh, The Christmas music, everybody bustling, pushing, talking about the myriad of things that they need to get and all I was thinking was I'll just pick up a couple of items and um, maybe concentrate a bit on stockings but I couldn't even do that and ended up sobbing in fat face and this lovely young lady gave me a hug uh, from behind the till because I just blurted out the fact that this was our first Christmas it's not always a good look but 
I feel for anybody who's going through this, anybody at all who's lost a child to cancer, lost anybody. It's not easy. And you have to be kind to yourself. And if it's something that I've learnt already this year, (laughs) it's be kind to yourself. We haven't done the Christmas tree or anything yet, but maybe this afternoon, later on this evening, we will be putting up our plastic Christmas tree that we had for Benny when he got home last year. And we'll decorate it. And, And we'll try and make it special for the girls, I think. Everything we're doing at the moment is tough because we're doing it with very very heavy hearts and I know how much Ben would love the excitement around Christmas I mean he always has done for us not to feel that because he's not here I think he'd feel gutted for us I think he'd feel sad for us if we're not able to lift our spirits a little bit Um, so we are trying but I have to say My heart is not in it this year. I just feel like I'm... I'm sort of giving into the flow of the fact that life just goes on and everybody just gets on with things. And... You know, but at the same time... I just don't want the 25th to come. I just don't. I want to backpedal as hard and as fast as I can and just go back to spring, go back to summer, the beginning of the summer where we were really, really hopeful and not completely plunged into this state of numbness and surreal existence. I so want to speak to Ben. I want to tell him all about it. I want to ask him how he is. I want to have a catch-up, you know. I just want to hear his voice. And I can feel in my throat. I mean, I've done a lot of chakra work in the past and throat is the gateway where it's linked to your heart but it's also the gateway to your self-expression your ability to express your emotions and my throat is tight and my breathing my chest is tight you know the pain in my chest just bloody crushing all I hoped for was a simple life and a life with my three beautiful children and It's just shattered. And I'm thinking of everybody going through this. First time, second time, maybe 10, 15 years down the line, how we're all going to feel. I keep having this little hope of some sort of light, some sort of sparkle, some sort of gift and blessing to say, it's all right, you know. You will be okay. But right now, I'm not so sure. When I'm out, back in my lovely woods, at the back of our house, and it's the 23rd of December. I'm just recording this because I think for the next podcast, podcast three, 
it will be about how we are actually surviving Christmas and what's actually happening and how we're getting through it. So tree's still not up but we've promised we will pop our little plastic tree up today, this afternoon, while it's still light. We were going to do it uh, last night but James and I were just feeling so flat and so low about everything that we couldn't really face it and what I've come to realise is actually it sounds a bit weird but when it's daylight I can find things to do, I can manage, I can distract myself you know we're running a household, we're looking after our girls, we're doing all the mundane things, we're functioning and when it comes to night time it's really difficult and I don't know whether that's because the light is changing or because it's dark because that's when the sort of loneliness and the reality of everything kicks in maybe it's because it reminds me of the fact that just before four in the afternoon on 10th of August although it was a bright and lovely day our Benny had gained his angel wings and maybe it's that onset of the afternoon and early evening that I remember being surrounded by paramedics and police and you know the dark was setting in and we were playing Mr Blue Sky before heading over to Naomi House I just settle him in for the night and I think that is possibly why James and I find the evenings, let alone the fact that it's Christmas and you know, our youngest Rose has she really asked today, you know, can we please make it a bit more Christmassy and of course there's part of me that really wants to you know, decorate the place to the hilt for Ben but the reality is I think my heart is in such a sort of fragile state sorry, I'm Blowing kisses to his bench where he sits or where he sat <laughs> last of all as my dogs are barking in the background and playing. It always sounds a lot worse than it actually is. I know it sounds like I've got two aggressive dogs. I've actually got two absolute numpties. That noise is Gus. He's the younger of our two dogs and he tends to goad our retriever honey an awful lot. <laughs> and uh, he just makes a lot of noise and she then chases them around and their tails are up high wagging and they're just herring after each other and he's just run past me just now he's gone to head her off at the pass <laughs> and no doubt he'll bark again so we're going to put up our, our tree this afternoon while it's still light and a bit later on, as soon as I get back from the dog walk, I'm going to head over to Winchester just to pick up a couple of bits. I tried, as you will have heard, <laughs> uh, to go into Petersfield the other day and basically broke down in fat face. Uh, the Christmas songs, the Christmas joyful spirit was really starting to grate on me. And, you know, and I caught sight of some children's clothing and it just... me over the edge <laughs> um, so I found myself at the cash till starting to sob quietly and this poor cashier just said to me are you okay and I just said no no I'm not and uh, I sort of blurted out that we'd lost our son and of course you know this poor person <laughs> at the end of the conversation is looking at me going ah 
you know, thinking, oh, crikey, I, you know, I'm not quite sure how to react here. So she came round from the hill and gave me a massive hug. So here I am hugging a stranger, sobbing. And I just had to get out of there quite speedily. I think unless you're in it, and, you know, heaven forbid anybody else goes through this scenario but of course there are plenty of people who unfortunately and very sadly are going to be joining us on this extraordinary journey it's so difficult I mean it just you just sort of feel lonely and yet you're not lonely and you know I have today I've had memories playing over and over in my head memories of him giggling with the girls on the beach Memories of him basically collapsing on the beach just before he was diagnosed and my retriever went over to him and just looked at me and I thought something is very, very wrong here. And I think I'd known it for so long, but I, I don't know, I just... You know, you go backwards and forwards to doctors, they tell you everybody's OK and you take them at their word and I wish always that I'd been a bit more pushy. I would always fight my corner for my kids and Ben was in hospital in 2017 with cellulitis and nobody checked for Lyme disease or for you know any blood disorders then it should be common knowledge that one of the symptoms or several of the blimmin symptoms for Lyme disease Lyme disease mimics so many different things it should be standard protocol in all hospitals and all gp surgeries across the land and beyond that if there is an inkling of something not sitting quite right maybe you should test for lyme disease maybe you should just do it as part and parcel you always have to prove that you've got the symptoms when ben was diagnosed and i know that in his homeopathic report and mine it said on both of them that our energetic signatures are coming into contact with Borrelia um, Bergdorferi I think it's called the two of the uh, sort of co-infections of Lyme disease that these nasty little ticks emit and I went to the doctors and said can I also be tested for Lyme disease or can I be tested for Lyme disease at one particular point because I felt horrendous and my joints were hurting and until Ben was diagnosed I was told it had come back negative but the reality was I hadn't been tested at all and I'm pretty sure that you know on these occasions sometimes it just comes down to money and time it shouldn't just come down to money and time these are people's lives that are at stake here and I do feel very, very passionately about the fact that Lyme disease should be tested for, you know, as part and parcel when somebody's got flu symptoms, when somebody's got aching limbs, when they've got strange rashes, when they feel ill, when they've got things that look like glandular fever, but it's not when their heart is pumping way too fast. They didn't test him for Lyme disease until the last minute. And I'm so glad I kept pushing for that in the end. And so this is our first Christmas, as you know, like so many other people and other families that are going through this. And uh, I want to deal with it with dignity. And I want to make Ben proud. And our girls proud. I want them to feel loved and supported, you know, and that they matter because the siblings 
deal with an awful lot through this and then you know to lose a sibling to lose your brother or sister at the end of everything that you've dealt with as a sister or brother when you've had to endure countless trips to hospitals and be largely not sidelined exactly but of course we're always thinking of everybody else we're always trying to hold our family together and keep things motoring along and keep things as normal as possible for the children but you know in reality the child that is going through cancer has to come first at this point and then of course you know now we're in a situation where every bump every scratch if I see the children in the girls in different light or whatever and they look like they've got a bump on their head or they've got an extra bruise on their leg it is definitely something that sends me into a bit of a blind panic on the inside but I don't I do my best not to show it so today the 23rd of December as I'm walking through the woods and I think I've just seen a little robin where's he gone gas has just flown by at a rate of knots I'm looking but I can't see him he's disappeared I bet he can see me but I can't see him so 23rd of December this time last year in the morning I was sat with Ben and with Rose and we were in the waiting room of Ocean Unit in Bristol the day ward and Ben had had his bloods done all his numbers were looking good and I can remember Rose sitting there and in the end she said to the doctor will you just tell me whether my brother can come home or not for Christmas and she just looked imploringly at her and Ben was just waiting wide-eyed well you know what's happening and we knew there was a possibility that we might be able to go home over Christmas even if it was just for a night or two we were willing to get back in the car on Boxing Day and the doctor smiled and said just a minute you know let's just wait and see and she was explaining things to me and how Ben had been doing and what his levels were looking like and everything else and how he was in general and all the while she knew that I was just you know can I phone James and tell him to come and pick us up with Ella Um, and can they come and head over to Bristol now or later or tomorrow or you know what's happening And she said, very calmly, she took me to one side and she said, well, Ben is doing very well. There's no reason why you can't go home over Christmas, but, you know, you will have to be checked on, I think it was Boxing Day we went in, but she said to me, I'm very confident that we could go back to sharing and that you could go to Southampton instead so there's no reason for us to see you again until his sort of 100 days or two or three month checkup and I remember her saying that to me first and I said can I give you a hug (laughs) and I threw my arms around her and I remember feeling absolutely overwhelmed as I feel now just talking about it because we had hope we'd been given this amazing gift by somebody who donated their stem cells and you think it's such a tiny thing but those stem cells are crucial and he was a 100% donor which meant that his blood had changed blood type and 
you know, despite everything, it had been really gruelling. He'd actually, he was looking really good at that time. Tired, but good. And so she went back into the room with Ben and Rose and just calmly said, well, I guess you better go and start packing. Then he can go home. And that's it, you know, for now. And Rose whooped for joy and gave her brother a hug and Ben just sort of thrust his arm in the air and pulled it back down in a punch and went, yes! You know, and uh, and that was the start of our Christmas last year and we didn't get back till extremely late and everything was quiet when we got in you know the animals sort of poodled up and just were like drawn to Ben obviously they hadn't seen him for a long time rhubarb his cat was just weaving in and around his legs straight away the dogs were sort of crying whimpering wagging their tails and Benny just spent the evening collapsed and laying in bed and then poodling back downstairs every so often just to look at the house because we'd had um, amazing help the floors had changed his bedroom had changed as in he'd moved bedrooms and the bedroom had been redecorated everything was clean new fresh you know we did our very best to ensure that by him coming home it meant that he would be in a sort of germ-free environment and I think we did pretty well actually (laughs) over those months you know the only reason why Ben got infection was unfortunately because of his own body in the end and you know we got a few brilliant months just being together you literally you know you always think you love your children and you couldn't love them anymore And when you lose a child, it's just a pain that is indescribable. I had two hearts in my belly once. Two hearts beating. And I did that three times. And I had Ella, Benny and Rose. And I'm so blessed as a mum. I'm so privileged to be their mum. And I will love them all to the ends of the earth the end of my life and beyond what I realised with all of this is that love is just completely never ending it just goes on and it goes on in parallel with grief grief is the same as love and it just it just continues together so we'll put up our decorations today at least I think James and the girls will do it together I'm actually quite happy coming out and walking trying to clear my head a bit and I'm going to attempt to go into Winchester today and just pick up a few things I think I'm literally going to stick to about two or three shops and then I'm going to get back in the car and come home this is so bloody hard and I've read a lot of other stories of other families who are going through exactly the same thing and worse and the pain that they're feeling and the thing is as an empath I feel their pain just as much as I feel my own and sometimes you can wrap yourself in a little bit of protection to stop you know feeling quite so much but right now I feel it all of it 
and to every other parent that is going through this scenario, to every child who is without their brother or sister this Christmas, I just want to send you love and light. I just want to wrap my arms around you and say it will be okay. I don't know how, but it will be. I'm now walking down through a slightly different route, back down a different hill that leads back to the pathway that leads back to our house, or back to the road that leads back to our house. It's quite late in the afternoon. It's must be about three o'clock, maybe a bit later actually, 3.30, and, and the sky is sort of bright but grey where it's been trying to rain and I'm walking in amongst lots of pine trees and we've got chestnuts as well. The dogs are off running riot but it's really beautiful whether you can imagine what I'm seeing at the moment but there's moss covered tree stumps and holly trees, there's pine trees, there's old you know dead ferns that are these sort of pale brown brackeny bushes around there are some rhododendrons that are still trying <laughs> to exist so it's quite a mix of sort of golden browns and mud leaves yew trees it looks like as well and it's this strange light where although it's quite dull and dark the green is effervescent I mean it's beautiful it's luminescent you know it's uh, it's like neon and then there's these little units of fungi all around these the bases of these sawn down trees and it's really beautiful and it's peaceful you know, I can hear the birds. You might not be able to hear the birds, but I can hear the birds chirruping away. And it's just a slightly different way to come back home. I don't know that we ever came this way with Ben. But it is a parallel pathway to the one we normally take. And I love these woods. Even though in my head, a lot of the time, I'm swaying between here and living somewhere else actually if I could just live in these woods <laughs> or live by the sea it's finding peace I think it's find, finding peace in your heart and just quiet and calm away from technology <laughs> away from the madness of life and I'm so glad that this year, although yes, I have dipped into the whole shopping scenario maybe once <laughs> for about 20 minutes, <laughs> I'm so glad that I haven't felt the level of sort of stress and excitement that I felt in past years where the need to race around and get everything before a certain time, it's just, it's madness. And actually, the liberation I feel in not chasing around after a million things, I just think to myself, do you know what, at the end of the day, I send my love to everybody, and yes, if I manage to get a token out there, 
to everyone. They all know what we've been through. Sometimes, particularly in these situations, you've just got to put yourself first and it is really not often I put myself at the front. But I do think for my own sanity and for my family, it's something that I really need to do. I really need to just be gentle on myself and not and not be such a crowd pleaser all the time <laughs> but this is something that we learn in time isn't it you know I think Ben would be very happy with what we've done with the fundraiser I think he would be understanding that you know we don't feel particularly like jumping up and down and celebrating but Ben loved Christmas and I think that is the hardest part for us at the moment is the fact that you know you're torn between popping lights everywhere and (laughs) Mr Elf may be paying a visit and he hasn't appeared yet he might appear by tomorrow we will see Christmas Eve I think the girls would probably appreciate that it's just trying to find balance I guess And I think it's also society, you know, what we've grown up with, the meaning of Christmas. The meaning of Christmas for me is kindness, actually, and and giving, and giving hope, and being human, and caring, and, and showing love for people, finding peace, finding common ground, you know, forgetting about all the dramas that might have happened throughout the year, and just looking each other in the eye and holding each other tight and just saying actually this is okay it's not the same for everybody but maybe that's just it's just how I feel and I hope that's how a lot of people feel kindness and this year it's going to have to be kindness to ourselves as much as it is kindness to others so parents today be kind to yourselves give yourself a minute you know, sit down, put the kettle on, tea and a biscuit, and just breathe and just feel, feel how you feel. And don't be afraid to feel sad or feel even anger, frustration. I'm not going to say let it go, because I think in these scenarios you can't. Not right now. I think you've kind of got to be in it and experience it and feel it at its, at its sort of truest level. You know, a bit like cancer for me. I found facing it head on and sort of almost saying out loud, I'm not scared of you. I found that helpful and powerful and bizarrely healing because I felt at that point we can't do anything else. And then Benny died and I thought, well, whatever you do in life, whatever you feel all you can do is give love and support and be there because life will happen things will happen that are totally out of your control and it's not your fault and I think as a mum it is all about being a mum and these scenarios are times when you stand as strong as you can be and you protect your children for as long as you can and you wrap your arms around everybody for as long as you can and you just continue to love and to send love out to everyone including the children that you've lost or the child that you've lost 
knowing that that is absolutely unbreakable, that love. And it knows no bounds. And whether it's this life, the next life, another multiverse, another universe, in the stars, nothing, not even cancer, can take away the love that you have for your child and your children. Sending love to you all. And it's Christmas Day and I'm walking up the hill towards the topwoods near my home. I'm walking on my own this time without the dogs. And I'm just strolling up to find my darling sister and my eldest who have come up to walk the dogs. Yesterday was Christmas Eve. And it's Christmas Day today, so Merry Christmas one and all. It's a very cold, bright day today. Um, It's absolutely beautiful actually and the sky is blue and has remained blue all through the day. There's hardly a cloud in the sky. I'd like to think that's Ben playing with the weather and making sure that we do have as best a day as possible. Over the last couple of days I've attempted to go into town to get a couple of bits. I actually went into HMV in Winchester and I lasted. I drove all the way over there and lasted about 10 minutes. I parked the car and wandered up the stairs in the brooks, got to HMV and as I walked in I was really hoping for some sort of sign from my darling son that he was with me because I felt very alone that afternoon and just basically afraid of living but that's another huge topic to come on to probably in the new year. I walked into HMV, picked up a couple of bits. The main things I could see were Star Wars related or Toy Story 4 related, all to do with everything that Benny loved and still loves, I'm sure. And it made me feel very sad, just longing to have him with us. And I noticed that the music playing was it was basically Stevie Nicks it was Fleetwood Mac playing in the background and I thought come on Ben you know I know it's going to play the chain at some important moment and I really hoped it would yeah I got up to the till and it was the chain just started playing and that was it I just broke down found myself sobbing my heart out again to uh cashier who sort of ran off to get some tissue and then I sort of left fairly promptly. I tried to head up the high street into body shop or somewhere anyway and you know what it's like you sort of suddenly you've got so many things going around your head and all I kept thinking was I just want to see Ben and he's not here and I couldn't get my thoughts in gear so I sort of absentmindedly I was on the phone to James crying and then I was on the phone to my sister crying. My sister said just get in the car and go home (laughs) and it was the most sensible suggestion at that point and you know I don't know about any of you guys but we've we've bought things but we've not James and I haven't bought anything for each other. We've had stocking gifts and things we've had I mean it's been it's been what it's been. I woke up this morning and Rose, bless her heart, was, you know, the, yesterday, she on Christmas Eve, she was writing 
the most beautiful poems just to uplift me, you know, and she said, this is your present, can you, can you read it, mummy, and I opened it up, and um, it's just absolutely beautiful, and it's basically her saying that she wants everybody to be happy, and she knows everybody's thinking about Ben, and she wants to try and keep chivying everybody along, and still recognises that Ben's energy is very much around, which he is, um, but I think, you know, as James and I have talked about today, we just would rather he was here, <laughs> and um, we know we can't sort of talk to him, and, you know, we have these little signs and feelings and things, and and it's not that we're ungrateful, it just doesn't feel enough, you know, yeah, it's not that we're ungrateful, but I'm, you know, I have a lot of things going around in my head about whether or not we should have moved here, and whether Ben got a tick bite here or in Kingsworthy, whether he, you know, became ill and I just didn't notice beforehand or, you know, before we moved or whether he got ill here. So many thoughts. So I'm sat outside the front of the house at the moment overlooking the downs. Um, Gus has just come to join me um, after his second walk. And he's just been called in by Kirsty again. <laughs> the sky is blue. The birds are flying around. There are very wispy white clouds. And the sun looks to be on its way to setting. Near the end of the day. On Christmas Day. Our very first Christmas without our beautiful sun. It's made me realise that even in three four months you know it's no time at all and the real reality of things are still kicking in I still feel in a huge huge state of shock that this has happened we were here for a couple of years and then essentially the last two years we've been here in the last year and a half we've been here it's been very we've been very aware that Ben has been slowing up around the corners you know he's not been wanting to walk or join us on any of our outings particularly he he got really grotty with me on several occasions and when I say grotty I mean throwing things <laughs> not happy at all and that just I know that wasn't Benny and, and then we're in this situation and it feels really strange I just wanted to record it I suppose because I don't want to forget it I don't want to forget these feelings I don't want to forget him I'm ever worried that you know as I get older as the girls get older that you know memories start to become quite fluffy around the edges and perhaps a bit vague you know I don't want that to happen with Ben his energy is so so intense it's so strong I just really hope and trust that that is how it stays. So this morning we got up and Rose was desperate to open her stocking gifts. And it was one of those situations where you're trying desperately to be happy 
for your child, for your children, and all the while, all you can think about is there's one missing. And it's not just, you know, always gone to grandparents or friends overnight, you know. He's actually gone uh, from this earthly existence and he's somewhere else where you can't reach him. Um, And that's really, really hard. Really hard to deal with. Um, So we had some tears this morning. Just that overwhelming feeling, almost like the day after he died and um, just this complete crushing pain again knowing that there's absolutely nothing you can do about anything and not just about anything in that situation you can't do anything about anything in life it just happens and we all, you know, gathered this morning you know, I had Ella sitting with me telling me willing me to open up my stocking gifts and I really didn't want to but I did it for her and uh, and she was explaining that she'd been an elf with daddy helping and there's some lovely mango shampoo was it shampoo was it body I think it was um like shower gel but it was lovely it smelled gorgeous a number of other little gifts which is lovely and we came downstairs and we were all up mum and my sister and us lot all then in the lounge and just opening some gifts very very gently we'd said to everybody we, we don't really feel it this year as you might imagine and what has actually happened is that any gifts that have come our way have been the most thoughtful gifts some of them handmade some of them really well thought out and has just shown us how much support we've had through this horrendous time and that's meant an awful lot and last night I had a message from a mum that we met in the summer uh, when Benny had just relapsed and her uh, daughter was going for a stem cell transplant and she happened to be in PB and we had a message from her saying wow we've just got one of your boxes and it had reminded her daughter of how Ben's room was always full of Lego and they just wanted to message us and say thank you and it was really something they weren't expecting and uh, it really brought a smile to this young lady's face so um that really warmed our hearts last night and has really made us think about what we want to do next year. I also happened to get a couple of little gifts from a company who deliver things in boxes as well and I'm going to be approaching this young lady in the new year about opening this out to doing sort of parent boxes. I think we'll be looking at sibling boxes anyway but parent boxes and you know ward or nurse boxes or sister boxes, as the sister said in Bristol the other day. <laughs> Could you do a sister box, please? I know the nurses working ridiculous shifts over this time are doing a sterling job, and we are ever grateful. We really are. So I'm sitting here as the sky is 
still a light blue but the sun even as I've been talking has been going down slowly it's a very sort of pale yellowy colour across the lower part of the sky and the clouds are whitening up now and that sounds really weird the sky is whitening up now with the clouds I should be saying not the, <laughs> not the clouds are whitening up the clouds are white and it's very beautiful and we had a situation today at lunchtime where we were having a bit of a you know a little roast dinner we had the a little train in a tin going round in the centre of the table lots of little touches um, lots of little things have happened but we had one situation this morning where Ben's stocking full of sweets so it was pretty heavy and I put it to um, a safe area above the fireplace on the mantel and it literally it was it would have had to have been pushed but it fell off onto the floor when we were in the middle of prezi unwrapping this morning and uh, I think it surprised us all but a pleasant surprise because it really felt like Ben had interrupted proceedings and said oi you know I am here you know and obviously wanted us all to have a sweet um, because he always talked about the sweetie train and so we now at this time of day uh, James has set up a little train track round the Christmas tree which is by the window in the lounge a different place to where we put it in the last few years we've been here but I do feel that Ben likes it in the window and then as I say at lunchtime we were just taking a couple of selfies we did put out a a place not a plate but knife and fork you know space for Ben and a cup of water at the head of the table and we were just taking photos of us all and what transpired was there had been lights coming in through the lounge window and right the way through to the kitchen but when I say light I mean a different sort of light um, and we looked back at the photograph and uh, there was a big ball of light between my mum and my eldest daughter Ella and without a doubt I am certain that was uh, a certain young man just making his presence known for which we are extremely, extremely grateful and I know spirituality isn't everybody's cup of tea but when I've sort of uh, connected with other bereaved parents any signs that are given that give you comfort are signs that are ones of hope and ones of love and that's what we took from today so I'm going to go in now and sit myself down on the sofa to get through the afternoon with everybody Um, it has been very gentle which is good I think Ben understands that things are really really difficult and and I think with his sisters somehow he is finding ways to ease it and I'm not saying it's easy because it's not been easy and then something random happened this afternoon where one of the cats caught a bird and the bird flew as the cat opened his mouth and then a little while later um, he was found outside our house so I ran in and put on some gloves and I held this little darling it was like a little green finch it was absolutely beautiful and he seemed to look up to me and I was stroking his head and uh, just holding it uh, this little bird gently in the palm of my hand 
and then he settled down and then he died in my hands and so I settled him up by the tree and then I had a damn good cry Ben always used to roll his eyes every time I tried to <laughs> help an injured animal and there was even one time a couple of years ago where Honey was barking outside by the oil tank and there was a uh, and there was a little baby blackbird and before we knew it I had all three of the kids in the car and I was heading down to um, the local wildlife centre where we deposited this little bird and uh, and they promised to help uh, to heal it and to help it yeah I've looked after bees, snails <laughs> birds, you name it I always try and do something mice as well and um, yeah it's just unfortunate that today <laughs> I was really hoping that that, uh, that little thing would, would survive but he didn't unfortunately random things <laughs> lots of things that were happening today that I feel are poignant anyway um, I will get on and we'll look forward to Gavin and Stacey and something silly we watched the play that went wrong yesterday and they were watching it again this morning and it is very very silly a lot of adult humour actually in it this year that went over the children's heads mostly uh, not all of it um, but it was very good and uh, so we'll watch Gavin and Stacey tonight and Strictly and whatever else is on Malcolm and Wise hopefully or the two Ronnies and then we've got through another day I send masses of love to you all knowing how bloody difficult it will have been and some of you I know have thrown yourselves in and just gone blow it we'll just we're just going to do everything as we can and, and we're just going to do Christmas with bells on just because our loved ones love Christmas so much and there are others like us that have found it you know difficult to do Christmas with bells on but we have tried and maybe there's many of you who will just be having the most horrific day um, but as I've said all along you are not alone we're all in this together and so I send my love out to you um, this evening as you're all settling down raise a glass to your loved ones blow them a kiss into the sky and know that somewhere somehow they'll all be with you Merry Christmas here I am again walking in the woods I want to say we've made it through Christmas <laughs> uh, it's the 28th of December today on a Saturday it's 20 weeks since we lost Benny in fact it's almost coming up to the time now as I'm walking that's probably why I've been feeling quite quite sad um, yeah Christmas day was Christmas day <laughs> and uh, we sort of we, we did the best we could really um, I think like any bereaved parents you're you know you're trying to do something for your existing earthbound children uh, your living children who are still present and you know we really wanted to ensure that 
Ella and Rose had the best day that they could have. Um, I took some lovely photos actually of them opening their gifts and the sunlight coming through the windows was quite astonishing and it's lovely seeing light in the photos around my girls because it feels very much that we've had men present with us which is really lovely we were playing a game or yeah we played a Danish game later in the afternoon which I did but the last time we played it was obviously with Ben and it was the first time we'd all played it together and it's all about kindness and sort of accumulating gifts from the middle of the table you throw two dice <laughs> you have to get a six and every time you get a six you get to take a present that's wrapped in the middle of the table and once all the presents have been taken you then for the next round you get to take a gift from somebody else if you get a six. So that causes a lot of laughter and a lot of hilarity and a lot of competition. <laughs> and, uh, and then for the last round you open your gifts and then you gift your gifts. If you think there is something that somebody else would prefer, you can swap it or you can just hand it to them. And that's something that's really lovely actually because it does make you think about kindness and I can remember all the way through that game uh, the other day I was thinking about Ben's expression every time he accumulated more and more gifts and he just a pile of them in front of him and he was clasping his hands together and giggling away because it was a real like what what how have you managed to do that and then I sort of took myself off for half an hour because it was just too much. It's so hard to describe the pain, isn't it? It's just the pain of loss. You know, we're all together. And the one thing that James said to me uh, on Christmas Day that he found really difficult was the fact that we put a little uh, train going round uh, the table in the kitchen. And he also set up a little track with a sweetie train around the Christmas tree by the window in the lounge. And, you know, we could hear these trains going round and we have trains running in his bedroom because we can't stand the silence. And he just said that was the hardest thing for him, was listening to the train and knowing that he couldn't hear Ben. And, and last Christmas was difficult, but it was such a blessing. Uh, just to have everybody together and our Christmas was quiet it was definitely understated you know today as we're heading to New Year I think we all just feel really flat the Christmas boxes we've received some lovely messages from families who've received these Ben's Epic Christmas boxes that we've sent out to these three hospitals and I've also received a couple of photos of the children's expressions when they've opened the boxes and I can honestly tell you that is something that definitely warms mine and James's heart and the girls uh, to know that um, in all this tragedy and upset we are still able to help 
bring a little bit of sparkle and a little bit of light to other children that are going through some pretty awful times actually. Those of you who have been on this path will know exactly what I mean. I don't need to say it out loud. So we also took a photo um, and the sun was blazing through the window in the lounge I think I said and James says well it's just light isn't it and and actually if you just glance at it it kind of feels a bit more than light a bit more special than that um, it feels like the light that um, myself and Ben saw uh, sort of flash and flow through him in August in 2018 in Portsmouth and and that just lit up the room and when you look at it in this photo it's at the end of the table between my mum and my eldest daughter Ella and it looks beautiful and it brings a little comfort that of course he wouldn't miss it so the project of the boxes has for now come to a close although in the new year I'd really like to get the momentum going to see if we can do these parent boxes and ward boxes and sibling boxes potentially. Uh, sibling boxes will be a slightly separate thing. That will be something that that happens anyway or that we hope will happen anyway as part of Ben's epic journey so that children, in an ideal world, children when they're newly diagnosed, even though we wish they... There weren't any children that were ever going to be diagnosed with anything to do with cancer or anything to do with anything horrible. The fact of the matter is that, you know, obviously your focus goes to the child concerned, as that is right and proper. And of course that's what would happen. But there are also moments where you realise that the siblings who are being as supportive as they can be and are largely left to their own devices could probably do with a little gift themselves to keep them going you know so we hope to be putting together something rather special to be able to give out as standard in those three hospitals for children that are supporting their siblings going through this scenario I'm also going to be working on this activity book 100 ideas that again I hope will become something that is given as standard to children that are stuck in these wards for long periods of time with their families that just need something to do because you know you are in there for ages and you're in a tiny room some parents manage some children manage very well Ben seemed to just sort of accept it and got on with it but with a laptop and a lego and things like that it can distract you uh, some children don't have that opportunity and there's not always certain things available in the uh, hospitals sorry that's my dogs again and uh, they just have to keep going with this nonsense in the woods <laughs> sometimes they're fine and as you can hear that's Gus barking and he's actually goading <laughs> He's goading Honey at the moment and she's got her tail high in the air wagging it uh, and Gus is just being really annoying. Yes you are aren't you? Come on this way, this way Gussie. 
He's just gone past me now. He's obviously been told off by honey. <laughs> Trying to act casual. I just really miss Benny. I just really miss his laughter, his presence, his wit, his immense strength of character. You know, and his positivity. All the times that we were positive for him, actually, in those last few days and weeks, he really became that positivity for us, even though I suspect he knew full well what was happening and that, unfortunately, things were not looking as rosy as we had hoped and we really hope to keep him strong enough uh, for the second stem cell transplant in another life we would have done it but for some reason in this one we didn't have a choice in the matter I love you so much Ben in the world for me is so much more bleak and so much fun has just been extinguished we were meant to have so much fun and then I come back to this whole spiritual connection and this understanding that you know can you can you have a fulfilled full life in a really short period of time and there is something about Ben's existence, path, journey, life for me that feels he was always learning, he was always into something, he was always focused, he had this zen focus when he wanted to learn something and And he didn't look up from anything that he was focused on until he was ready to share it and share his knowledge. And certainly what we realised in the 14 months of treatment, hours and hours, days, nights, weeks in hospital, he all of a sudden just, I don't know, just grew wise. He learned so much. And I think that's why, even though, you know, I feel so bloody devastated that he's not here and he can't be here, I wish he could be here, physically, his energy, when I sense him with me, is huge. He was always such a a huge character such a strong character but also so humble and so understated and so loving as well as having fire in his belly and you know I keep having flashbacks to this time where he said to me mummy I'm not like you I will not change for cancer that stays with me why should anybody change for that awful disease some people call it dis-ease in the body, imbalance in the body. And I can definitely see both sides of the coin. I can see that there might be disease when you're looking at the holistic side. But I can also see 
genetics, lack of the draw, environment, diet, nutrition, stupid cells, just abandoning ship. That shouldn't have happened to my son and it shouldn't have happened to the millions of children that are currently going through this ridiculously awful journey in this lifetime in this day and age it shouldn't be happening and the more I think about it the more I start to wonder that there isn't some easy cure somewhere some ability to turn this around at the drop of a hat you know when you look at climate change everybody in the world needs to be involved it's a global problem and just one country doing something about it is not going to save the planet you know and the same for cancer you know little pockets of people doing research that's amazing there's not anywhere near enough research going into children's cancers these children are the new generation we should be ploughing so much money into researching ideas in my dreams the children would be cured with something that's so much more gentle to children and will have cracked it and everybody will also be much more mindful about diet exercise genetics people will be looking at things like lyme disease in a new light so that you know anybody that goes to the doctors with anything that is slightly askew it will become standard let's just check we'll do a test just make certain that there's nothing different that can impact on the cellular structure within your beautiful child with their pure heart and their pure energy and their pure organs and their pure love for being alive it's probably going to be one of these long rambling bloody podcasts again i'm sorry for that you know we got to the end of the christmas boxes project and i say we got to the end of it we're obviously planning to raise funds in 2020 to really make it into something special so that we can do this every year and this will be our focus and I will put out a proper you know pitch announcement I suppose and uh, maybe we'll look for fundraisers around to do extraordinary things so that we can uh, turn ourselves into a small charity which would be amazing we just want to keep it simple however now we've come to the end of almost the end of the year my thoughts are turning to focus for our family and the need to keep busy the need to stay creative and allow that creative flow to keep going i'm finding it quite difficult actually to stay remotely buoyant in these times it's you know 20 weeks and if i said 20 weeks and one day ago you know i was still with my son you know the Friday night Friday afternoon he was still reasonably chatty but he was very very tired and it's a very short period of time 20 weeks it's no time at all so it does feel like yesterday and every day it seems to get tougher and tougher and every day I just want to cry 
for the future that we've been robbed of. And I still can't believe it. You know, with all our kindness as a family and I don't know what makes us any different. You know, we're all in this world. We all come into it alone. We all go out of it alone. You know, there's nobody better than anybody else. I think we're all striving for a, a life, a life of kindness, a life that matters and uh, a life of meaning. I'm definitely searching for that now. I've always wanted to have a life of, of service, of meaning, of kindness and ironically in the most tragic of circumstances it's just made me feel more driven to help others and uh, I don't know, maybe that will be part of my own legacy you know, we've got Ben's legacy of these boxes to help the children and maybe my legacy is that I make it happen every year and ensure it continues so I'm looking at projects um, for the new year, things to keep myself busy, I'm going to be working on the book Family of Five and the Family of Five podcast which I'm doing now obviously and there's a couple of other sort of creative projects that I'm going to have a go at and see what happens Um, and then I will get back to somehow writing my comedy sequel to Hatch Match Dispatch and see what comes of that you know there's a lot about dieting being the new you the new this the new that you don't need to change (laughs) for anybody and everybody who is going through this extraordinary journey you know distraction not fully for the rest of your life but distraction when you need it is really good and creativity is proven to be almost like the go-to situation in your brain when you've experienced trauma like this actually creativity allows uh, positive to flow and for your energy to change and you know James has been writing songs writing music I've written some lyrics I've just been writing in general and you know, and actually coming out for these walks and rambling and sobbing in the woods uh, does play its part in not even healing because I don't think I don't think you can just magically heal from anything like this. I think you can be gentle with yourself, and I think you can, you know, look at how you are managing yourself um, to be able to cope with this immeasurable pain I'm looking at an Ayurvedic course for mind-body health in the first couple of months of the new year I'm going to go and learn about it and just because I want to look after myself I think it's called self-preservation basically and you have all this fight and flight situation going on with your adrenaline almost every day and I take ashwagandha for that so that dampens the the need for panic all the time and I'm trying to drink less caffeine because that 
tends to make my heart race and you know it's just little little things I don't want to do major changes at this point but I do want to make sure that I can be the best mum for Ella and Rose and to continue to be the best mum for Ben even if he can't be here I want him to be proud of me I want him to feel he picked well and as we head rapidly towards New Year I think I'm going to close my rambling podcast now I want to send you all love and positivity for the coming days and weeks and months ahead I have a another grief walk planned on the 19th of January uh, you can find that on my Kindness Creates Change page on Facebook so that's 19th of January and that's at Alice Holt so if you are at a loose end or you just want to connect for a couple of hours and wander around I think the only time that we wouldn't go ahead with that is if it was torrential rain or so much snow and ice that um, that it was impossible to get there so do have a look at that if you want to partake and come along you'll be welcomed with open arms you don't have to talk if you don't want to you can just join us for a walk I will probably bring at least one dog if not both of them and hopefully the rest of the family and we'll just have a stroll around for a couple of hours it's just something for the diary really it's putting things in the diary that you you know you might be able to attend if you think you can manage it and obviously on the day if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen there will always be other days other times so I'm just waiting for my retriever now because she's gone AWOL as usual at the end of the walk and I wish you all the best new year you can manage I'm sure ours will be very understated and it's usually a bit of an anticlimax anyway and uh, you know you get to midnight and you're like oh right okay and then everybody poodles off to bed just just be together enjoy being together and know that again we're all in it together and you're not alone I'm hoping that in uh, the new year as these podcasts progress that uh, there will be other topics to cover and also if you would like to take part I would very much like to have a chat with any other parents that feel they would like to do this and they'd like to join me for a conversation and perhaps we can introduce the story of your child or children and um, if you want to talk about any particular subjects connected with um, this particular journey um, you know the door is open please contact me and you can do that by emailing me at contact at bensepicjourney.org in the meantime I send you love and light courage and hope for the new year surround yourself in gentleness and kindness and love thank you for listening